0: you team steve if so why because he doesn't have a single redeeming characteristic as far as i'm concerned and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at book one in the Magical Bakery series of Cozy Mysteries uh, by Bailey Cates and this book is titled Brownies and Broomsticks. Uh, The series currently has eight published books in it with a ninth one coming out at the end of this month which was completely unintentional because I actually bought this book a while ago and just didn't get around to reading it but I fancied something a little bit cozy, a little bit chiclet, a little bit hot summer's evenings, I can't be bothered to focus on anything terribly demanding, so here we are, and I have to say I have quite enjoyed this, Uh, in fact I would probably say I enjoyed this book more than I enjoyed the Witches When, Witch P.I. series uh, that I looked at before and and read I think like five instalments of, Um, that has like 32 books in it, so this series is a lot more manageable and has been published as actual books. Now, the first book in the series focuses on main character Katie Lightfoot moving to Savannah, Georgia, and she's there to open up a bakery with her aunt Lucy called Honeybee's Bakery. She's just been ditched by her fiancé, and she's been asked to leave the commercial bakery business that she hates working at to come and start her own one with her aunt and uncle in savannah georgia so she goes and the book starts with her arriving at the house that she's somehow managed to buy and pay for i don't know with what money but she has this lovely house um she also inherits a dog that just hangs around there and becomes her pet we get introduced to the bakery as well in town and then very quickly like a couple of chapters in a woman is murdered So things get off gangbusters pretty quickly. The murder takes place. It's kind of underwhelming, to be honest. Um, A woman asks them to cater a business function, then refuses to pay. And then they have a little bit of an argument with her in the shop. She storms outside and a minute later is found in her car with her neck broken, just just chilling by the sidewalk. And uh, a witness, who is never identified, uh, says that she saw the Uncle Ben, not to be confused with Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, or in fact the rice manufacturer, but that she saw him nearby and therefore he becomes the chief suspect therefore embroiling our main character Katie in the case. As if that wasn't enough to contend with, Katie very quickly finds out that Aunt Lucy's four-person book club is actually a spell book club, aka a coven, because they're all witches, and so is she. Uh, She's told that she's a hereditary hedge witch uh, from her mother's line and also that her dad was also a witch both of her parents are still alive and apparently they hid her magic from her out of fear that she would be persecuted as a witch the book kind of blares the lines between fantasy and reality at various points they refer to the witchcraft they're practicing as wicker and they do do a lot of Wiccan things uh, in terms of explaining like the rule of three and harm none and the way they cast their circles and set up their spells is very Wiccan. But at the same time, they also have this magic power known as a voice, which is a voice which when you use it to command someone to do something, they have to obey, which... Um, is a very fantastical element and it kind of conflates witchcraft and wicker in the way that a lot of those early 2000s witchcraft books did at the time um in terms of the actual plot this book came out in 2012 so i can kind of see how that would still be like a hangover that when we talk about witchcraft we're also i guess talking about wicker so that's basically the magic in the novel is wicker but what if it was real in a more fantastical sense, although the fantasy aspects are kept kind of dampened down, so I would put this more in, I guess, magical realism than out-and-out fantasy. So for most of the book, Katie is investigating the actual the murder that's taken place. I say investigating. The whole crime aspect of the book is, is one that I didn't necessarily gel with that well. I kind of wished that the book had been more focused on like the bakery business and maybe this the woman who was murdered would have been like an antagonist um for more time just to build up a little sense of drama there but we cut right to the murder and then katie goes about investigating it in a way that i would say is pretty much entirely not in the way that she should have investigated it um and what bothered me about it was the the amount of time she spent on stuff that was clearly not related. So I'm gonna get into some stuff which might spoil this mystery for you but to be fair it was pretty predictable. So right from the start she doesn't think to question the witness who says that she saw her uncle in the vicinity of the murder. This turns out to be like just someone who looks like her uncle but you know question the witness try and find out what she saw what she actually did see and what she didn't she just takes what the police say as being true as being accurate she doesn't question the witness she also then zeroes in on a tower block owned by the dead lady as being a hotbed of resentment against her because it's terribly kept and everyone there lives in squalor um so she basically zeroes in on that as being the only source of suspects and in that she mainly focuses on the super who's in charge of there and who has a criminal record so obviously he must be into murder up to his eyeballs because he's a felon um so basically lazy prejudice kind of guides her Investigation, and it's obvious that this guy isn't going to turn out to be the real killer, he's a red herring. But that leaves us with very few suspects of who could actually be the killer who we've already met because we've got the two men who are love interest characters, we've got the super, we've got the unpleasant nephew of the murdered lady, and another man who owned a shop. But we get a couple of scenes with him, so he's introduced as a character. The main clue that Katie fails to really follow up on is that she finds out that a woman who was injured in a lift accident at the terribly maintained apartment and became paralysed. But she doesn't then try and find that woman or her family or try and work out who might have this massive motive against the woman. Instead, she focuses on a carpenter who got badmouthed about town by her. I know who seems like the more probable suspect here and it's not the guy who's just like, oh, well, my business folded. It's probably the woman and her family who, you know, experienced this horrifying or life-changing event and who are now struggling to pay for her care. So although the book is, I wouldn't say incredibly long, it just crosses 300 pages, a lot of it is spent with her looking at people who you know as the reader are not suspects and focusing on elements of the crime and motives which don't really become important but it's too circuitous to be truly satisfying in, in my view and i kind of lost interest in the murder mystery because it wasn't so much a mystery and also it wasn't being investigated it wasn't taking me to the places that i was interested in going as the reader following along talking to specific witnesses it didn't give me like those credible chances to work things out for myself It just sort of took me to all the places that I wasn't interested in going, talking to people who I knew weren't guilty. Now, obviously, it's the shopkeeper who ends up being the murderer. And uh, it was just the super was attempting to blackmail him, which led to his involvement. Now, we're told that whoever the killer is, he must have a beard and glasses, like her uncle has, to, to look like him. And the first time we're introduced to this guy, we're told that he has a white line at the top of his head, from when he's recently had a haircut but nothing about that mentions the fact that he would also have tan lines where his beard should be and also there's no talk of him wearing glasses he does appear later in the novel with glasses which is obviously a massive clue but it feels like kind of a cheat to introduce him at the beginning and then not give credible hints that he's just had a beard removed because what you've given is a hint that he's just had a haircut whereas obviously if he'd had that beard for any length of time he would also have tan lines around that it feels like a lot of these contrivances are there to try and make it less obvious that it's that guy but they're not handled terribly well now although i've ragged on that i did kind of enjoy the book it was definitely an okay first mystery Because we were new to the area, we were new to all the characters. At least it was a murder, which was quite interesting. Um, I did find it a little bit weird in some places that the character doesn't necessarily have the same responses to things that I would. For instance, right after the murder occurs, she's really into planning the grand opening for the bakery. And doesn't seem at all worried that people might not come. Because, you know, her uncle is suspected of murdering a prominent local businesswoman. This doesn't occur to her at all, and the murder happened like right outside. But she just blithely continues to prepare muffins and things for this opening. She also finds out that her parents have been lying to her her whole life about the fact that she has magic powers and doesn't phone them until the last page of the novel to confirm or deny this. So I did feel like maybe there was a little bit of uncanniness to that character, some of her decisions were a little bit questionable, but for the most part. She's a pretty good protagonist. I enjoyed the cosy setting and like the cafe and the way that they practice magic by like putting little bits of herbs and stuff into food reminded me a lot of Chocolat. So I was on board for that. Although there are some like ritual setups in in the book. There aren't many. I think it happens like three times and it's mostly for uh, locator spells or divination work. Um, So those are set up very wickany but the magic is sort of steeped throughout the book everything that they make at the bakery is a little piece of magic and I really liked the main character at first accepted that she was a hedge witch and then halfway through the novel starts to question whether she's just accepting this about herself because you know she's in an emotionally fragile place maybe it's all a fantasy and she starts to feel stupid and like she's been taken for a ride. And I really respected that in terms of like the character's development. She, she kind of needed to question that. Because obviously it would be ridiculous if she just accepted it straight off the bat. And was like, oh yeah, I am a witch. I always knew I was special. Um, so I like that that aspect. They've introduced also two potential love interests. One is a hunky fireman. Because obviously. Uh, who is very nice and helps her like move furniture around. And just seems to be an out and out good guy the other guy has a ponytail smells like clothes and leather continually calls her katie girl and gets up in her personal space and just seems oily whenever he talks he's just like oh well you know when you lent me some of your power to do that spell yesterday that was really intimate you shouldn't have just run off straight afterwards i'd love to do it again so he's majorly icky And also when she tells him like, oh I don't really want to go to dinner right now because I just got out of a relationship, he just shows up at our house with food. He's just majorly questionable and a little bit icky and pushy and I kind of judged Katie for not being put off by this because she seems to be in a thrilled state of near constant arousal whenever he's around. Even though he is possibly the grossest man I've ever read about. So... That was a little bit weird, it kind of made me question her judgment as a character. But also, they're trying to set him up as a, a competitor, love interest, against the first guy, who is nice, and just is, in general, not a pushy wanker. So, it just seems a bit unbelievable that we're expected to see him as a serious rival to, to the first guy, when he is objectionable on all fronts. There's also an accusation made that the woman who was murdered in the first couple of pages was using dark magic. They have no proof of this and at no point attempted to get proof of this, but by the end of the novel, they just kind of accept it as, I guess she was also a witch, without having any shred of evidence, so that's a bit weird. I feel like Katie needs to really sharpen her detective skills if she's going to keep doing this book on book, but... As i said for her first book when she's investigating her first murder i guess i can be like oh, okay maybe she isn't going to make all the right decisions and all the right guesses to get there and maybe the story won't be as complicated and well formed as future mysteries so in the end my takeaway from reading the novel was i really liked the setting the main character was okay the stuff surrounding the murder mystery storyline was pretty interesting and good except for steve who was a greaseball and i would like to spend more time in this universe and a bit more time with the main characters and see how she comes along as a witch. I'm not sure that I'm excited about the mysteries but if they get better than this first one which was I guess average then that could also be quite interesting and exciting and I would be definitely here for that. I know that there's quite a lot of these cozy mystery books out there this isn't even like the only cozy mystery bakery witch series out there it's it's quite a a big genre apparently that i only recently stumbled across but the back of the book does advertise some other ones including a vampire chef mystery series which i have all kinds of questions about. do they cook without using garlic what's going on here but Obviously it's a a pretty big genre, I've read a couple of like cozy-ish witch mysteries before but this one's pretty solid and I do like the kind of bakery setting because something about like food and the use of herbs in that just is is very into what I think of when I think of magical realism. Mostly I guess that's because of Chocolat but also because of the first Frost uh, Garden Spells series, if you can call two books a series. Uh, A kind of practical magic thing, it just really kind of gets into that and the setting is kind of cutesy and interesting enough on a soap opera level because you're kind of wondering like, oh, what are her parents going to say when she questions them about her being a witch and what's going to happen with Steve the Unlikable Dillhole and Declan the Majestic Fireman? You know, it's it's kind of interesting in that sense and I'm interested enough that I want to read the next one. If the next one doesn't offer up any more tantalising threads of story then I might stop there but in the meantime it's quite nice to have a new series start, which doesn't have a thousand books in it um, and which has a nice soothing setting with enough magical realism to really add that witchy factor as well. It's definitely a good choice for holidays or road trips or anywhere where you're gonna be stuck in one place for a while and just want something kind of light and fluffy to read uh with a little bit of a a witchy twist. So if you have read any of the books in the series, uh Brownies and Broomsticks or any of the following ones which also have titles like that. I think the next one is called Bewitched Bothered and Biscotti, which I love, um then do get in touch. Let me know what are your opinions on Steve. Are you team Steve? If so why because he doesn't have a single redeeming characteristic as far as i'm concerned but there we go if you want to be wrong get in touch and in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye